0: To the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jimbo Fisher. And joining me today
1: is the one, the only. The Hello everybody. It's week six. I'm ready. We got a lot of week five was kind of not as interesting, no but no week six <laughs> would be really good. I mean,
0: yeah, we're at the point in the season. I, I was thinking about this actually. Like This was the first weekend where there wasn't really, like, a big upset. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't, like, a big story going on, it feels like.
1: So, that was definitely... Three near chokes. There were some decent games, but yeah, that's what I'm saying is we were very much kind of led on by some very potential upsets that just quite didn't pan out. Um really this part of the season though is going to be very interesting as we move forward because we're really starting to figure out who teams really are. Mm-hmm. We're getting the sense of we're getting a sense of the direction that they're kind of headed, whether it's positive, negative, are they getting better or are they getting worse? Mm-hmm. And conference play really starts. It's, it's more than just that first conference game. Um, and on top of that, you know, we have some some Cinderella hopefuls actually starting to kind of form, and we're going to see if they're going to really have a chance to maybe make some kind of run. I know this year we don't have the expanded playoff, but that Cinderella run in the year like next year would be really important because that's going to shape up the playoff price. And I'm just going to give like... A list of a few Cinderellas. I kind of wanted to just bring up. I feel like they deserve some recognition. Okay. uh Some of the more obvious ones. I mean, so for example, you have number twenty-five. Louisville is undefeated at five and zero, and they play Notre Dame. If they can pull that out, you know, I don't think they will. But if they can pull that out, they're really, you know, kind of headed in the good direction. Yeah. You have number one twenty. You have number twenty-one. Missouri undefeated five and zero. They play LSU, who is very vulnerable. You have number 20, Kentucky, 5-0. They play at Georgia. Well, we'll see how that goes. Duke (laughs) is only 4-1, and they play North Carolina State. You have Utah, 4-1. Miami, 4-0. You have, let's see, North Carolina, undefeated, 4-0. Washington State is number 13, undefeated, 4-0. Oklahoma, 5-0. These are some Cinderella teams I guess we didn't really expect to be in this position at this point in the season. Maybe... Maybe still be in this position, but at this point, anything can happen because there's no like elite teams. There's a lot more parity this year.
0: Yeah, you know one team you forgot about that I have to give a shout-out to? 5-0 unranked Maryland.
1: I know! And they do play Ohio State this week. This, this, yeah. this week. Here's the thing about Maryland. Ohio. Maryland-Ohio State is the Kentucky versus Georgia of the Big Ten. <laughs> it really is. Um, <laughs> It really is because every year, it seems like Maryland's 5-0 and going in to play Ohio State, and they have some kind of hope, and then just kind of get beat pretty badly.
0: Yeah. Shout-out to our Maryland on.
1: fans here. I'm sorry.
0: But no, shout-out. We have a lot of Maryland fans, and I hope they win for what it's worth. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying with, like, at this point of the season, it, it does kind of feel like the very beginnings of the playoff picture is starting to form. You know, like, and and, I, and like you said... I'm, I'm thankful that it doesn't, it, it really doesn't feel from like a neutral perspective like there's like one clear front runner. You know, I like, I know Georgia's like a two time defending national champ, and I, I get that they're still undefeated, number one. But man, especially last week, they looked vulnerable. They look like they can lose at this point.
1: Exactly. And I feel like this is different than years past because usually these Cinderella stories don't get nearly the same amount of, I guess, emotional attention because it's like, okay, why would I get invested in these potential five and no teams? Mm-hmm. If, you know, like, there's just some elite team that would destroy them anyway once they got to that point. Since that's not a factor as much this year, it's like, oh, I kind of want to pay attention.
0: For sure. So. Yeah.
1: And this kind of parody is great for the sport. So, um, without further ado, we can kind of do a recap of last week's games. We had three games where there was an almost really amazing upset, and none of them worked out. And I was <laughs> so sad.
0: Well, which one were you most sad by?
1: Uh, I I I can't, I can't, I can't say the one that you're going to guess. I really just, I'm going to let you say it. How about you say it?
0: Georgia barely escaped Auburn 27 to 20. Um, Auburn really choked at the end. Like I, I, I know people are really hyping up Brock Bowers and I get it. He is a force to be reckoned with, but Auburn dude, it's like all they had to do was lock him down for one drive. You know, like all they had to do was just say, all right, get someone on him, make sure he doesn't get wide open. But it just felt like like play after play after play, he was completely wide open. It, it could not be easier for him. And to me, man, that's the thing about Auburn. It's like they they, just, they they lack that discipline that a team like Bama would have, you know. And I, I, I it was it was really painful to watch from a, a neutral perspective.
1: To be fair, this is Hugh Freeze's first year. Given what he has and doesn't have, I feel like he's got them trending in the right direction. Mm. Um, that's actually with Brock Bowers. It's like, you got to tell your defense, make anybody else beat us.
0: Yes. Yes. Cause no one else was like, he was literally their entire defense. Like the, uh, there was somebody else
1: to beat us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, again, I, I acknowledge Brock Bowers is a force to be reckoned with. He's a future first round pick. No doubt. I would love yeah. Brock Bowers on the Packers, but like.
1: Fun fact about Auburn is that their stadium was built on top of an Indian burial ground. And I think you can tell.
0: It's definitely got some voodoo.
1: we also had notre dame surviving duke 21 to 14 and duke is another one of those kind of cinderella fringe teams who's not only four and one at this point but man duke was what duke had the lead with like 10 15 seconds left
0: it was a close game came down to like that big fourth down conversion um out of sam hartman who looked fantastic um frankly both notre dame and duke i kind of see as like fringe playoff contenders um They need obviously win out, and we need a little bit of help. But, like, both teams look good. Like, Duke, I'll I'll give them credit. Duke looked exceptionally good. They've looked good this entire year to, like, a shocking degree for, you know, Duke.
1: Right. Yeah, it was a 4th and 16 conversion on the final drive of the game with, like, 45 seconds left. It's so tragic for Duke, but... I mean, you gotta pull it out. No to be fair, Notre Dame's just kind of getting some—it's uh, getting made up to them by God, I guess, for uh, the Ohio State game the previous that's week. True. So
0: yeah, that's it's—it's it's all evening out in karma.
1: And then another close, almost kinda, choke, almost upset. Yeah. Was.
0: USC. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, USC avoiding <laughs> choking to Colorado. Well, here's the thing, right? So the final score was 48 to 41. I think on paper, you look at that, you assume it was a shootout. You assume you know, a back and forth kind of game. But like in reality, didn't USC have like a 28 point lead at some point, like in the fourth quarter?
1: Yes, that is correct. They had a 48 21 lead with two minutes left in the third quarter. God. So that's like, that's a four score lead at one point. And it's just crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that the thing USC dude like, I, I really, I, I was high on them entering the season because I think their offense is legit but this defense, man, like they, they legit might have one of the worst defenses in P5. And you can get away with that when you're playing a team like Colorado. But when you're playing Oregon or Washington, there's no way. They're just going to score on you at will. So
1: And this is what we keep talking about with these Lincoln-Riley-Alex Grinch defenses. I don't know why he keeps letting Alex Grinch follow him and doesn't just fire him. Because yeah. their defenses are always weak. They're always undersized. They always have bad corners. Somebody's going to make them pay for it. They're going to... They have such a good offense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. at best no. and then lose in the first round.
0: Oh, yeah. no, they're not built for winning the national
1: team. That, I'm saying that's their ceiling. like yeah. And, like, Deion Sanders, for what it's worth, they were able to exploit that pretty well. Like, yeah, like, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Colorado because it would have been very easy for them to just mill it in and try to just go home and try to avoid – it's almost less embarrassing if you pack it up and don't try to come back yeah. and just be like okay it was a bad week then if you try to come back and just completely fail and look even worse right. like i kind of give them credit for having the mentality to know kind of how to i guess navigate that game at that point because a lot of teams it's not even that they give up it's just that when they're down that big they literally do not know what the path forward is to even have a shot and I think that's also, like, a good advantage of having a true NFL head coach. And when I say an NFL head coach, I mean, you know, just a coach that played in the NFL, a coach that was elite, one of the best NFL players of all time, because he's going to know what it takes mentally and can kind of teach that to his players, what it's going to take mentally to be able to succeed in those situations.
0: Randy,
1: you sound like a Dion Sanders fan. I wasn't expecting this. No, yeah, he's growing on me, I'm going to be honest, because, like, the <laughs> situation... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Well, that is a thing. It's a little bit less annoying, I guess. But no, the way he actually handled, if you remember the Colorado State player that made like the dirty hit and injured Travis Hunter, I really appreciated how he handled the Henry Blackburn situation with the Colorado State player because it would have been very easy for him to pull, to do some crap like Harbaugh would have pulled. Imagine Harbaugh in that no, situation.
0: Not Jim. Harbaugh in that
1: situation where he should go to jail. That's no, that'd so be right,
0: day. That'd be Ryan
1: Day who would say that. Ryan Day and Harbaugh would both do some crap like that, but <laughs> but no, like Diam was like, no, listen, man, he's a kid, he made a bad decision. Don't hold it against him. It's football; crap happens. Like he don't 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 pile on on him. And um, even Travis Hunter had like some kind of like you know you know how zoomers are with Twitch and TikToks yeah, and all that. Or... They had some kind of TikTok together where they had some kind of event, and it's like that's actually like extremely classy. Like they're really showing that they. You no, know, it's football, right? They're not gonna take things personally, so to speak, I and mean, I really appreciated that. Personal,
0: I don't know. I, I think I, I'm thankful that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, or we'd probably still be getting pounded with Coach Prime stuff. But <laughs> I know what you mean. It's the, It feels like ESPN is laying a little bit off the gas at this point. They realize they probably pushed it a hair too far, so.
1: I don't think ESPN realizes that at all. I think, I think ESPNs so. is going to push whatever they can for money as far as they can push it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, any, other any, other, yeah, any other games? Any other I did want to talk about
1: LSU versus Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really, despite the craziness of the game, I guess there's really not actually a lot to say about it other than it was insane. But I did want to talk about LSU being, they're now, what are they? Six, Three two. It's not 6, six. Yeah. What is it? Is they're, it four and two? Three and Make two. Look. Oh, three and two. That's right. And it's like the only two like semi difficult teams they've played. They've lost to.
0: I know. I don't. I I cannot for the life of me understand how they're ranked at number twenty three. Like I, it's. I, I I know you hate this. And Maryland is
1: unranked, and Maryland. It's like yeah. what? Come on. Their wins
0: were over Grambling, Mississippi State, and Arkansas.
1: They still have to play Alabama. Florida, Texas A and M, Missouri. They have to play, and Missouri. They're playing Missouri. this like a Missouri's undefeated. One of those kind of Cinderellas. Yeah. And like, who knows what's going to happen to them? I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it together. I think. I don't know if Notre Dame fans warned us about this or not. I don't even know what their takes would be. I'd be interested to know what they were. They would say about LSU's present situation.
0: I'm sure they're enjoying it at the moment, but I, I do think there's just it's it's an unfortunate side effect of college football that you know like brand name does mean a lot. And the fact that a a three and two LSU can be ranked 23 is, is just, it's, that's peak college football right there. I don't think they're good this year. Like I'll, I'll go on a limb and say, they're probably going to finish like seven and five at this rate. Like they're, you know they're they're not going to be ranked at the end of the year,
1: and I don't think they're going to be that bad. But I mean, I'm going to definitely say I think Lane Kiffin is a better coach than Brian Kelly because Lane Kiffin had his heart torn out of his chest last week, yet he managed to get this team up and ready and able to perform at a high level for this week. So that shows a good coach can get them to rebound.
0: It's a shame that Lane Kiffin can't perform well when he's playing against Alabama, but what
1: can you that's do? not a shame at all. What can you do? All right, and this week we have a sponsorship. He sent me a microphone so we can call him an official sponsor of the Gym Podcast. The one, the only, the declan.
0: Shouts out. Yeah, we, we finally have a sponsor for uh, the Gym Podcast. Um, it's not HelloFresh, though. It's not Raid Shadow Legends. It's, it's a member of Jumbotopia. Uh, that's how much we care about the community. So, um, yeah, thanks again for the microphone. I, it sounds really good on your end, uh, Randy.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um we're we're moving on up in the world. Maybe we'll get a maybe NordVPN will reach out one day.
0: Someday. We'll make it big.
1: So without further ado, we're gonna move on to the this was their Super Bowl award. Um would you would you like to go first?
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give my take here. Um, this was uh this was a relatively easy week. I, I, I know we've talked about this game already, but honestly I, I think this was Georgia's Super Bowl. Um, no, it's just just reading. There's something about it, and I'm going to talk crap because there really aren't any Georgia fans in Jimbo Topia, so I'm not too worried about you know going too far here. Um, Georgia fans really tend to like overreact in a way that's particularly annoying. They they kind of are like Alabama fans were after losing to Texas, but like all the time where they survive these you know really close games they should have no business being close in the first place, right? They survive it and then like act like their opponent was just this incredible you know behemoth this real challenge this insane task that Georgia had to overcome when in reality Auburn's just okay and ultimately Auburn choked like Georgia didn't win Auburn choked and yet Georgia fans treat it like they just won the Super Bowl
1: okay I'm so excited over here because I've been like I'm so antsy to chime in that I've been shaking over here (laughs) They, in every single It just seems like every single time I see how Georgia fans act and I see how Kirby talks and everything, it's almost like they want to be what Alabama was seven years ago so bad and they try to imitate it so much. And it's like even after winning two national championships, they still haven't set themselves apart except yeah. for being trying to be what Alabama is. And it's so weird. And it sounds like I'm being a hater because, I mean, they did win two national championships in a row, right? But it's like they don't. They mimic it so badly. It's because it's like, too hard. Yeah. you should not be happy about this one. I know no. it's Jordan Hare, Voodoo, right? Yeah. We would say the same thing, Jordan Hare, Voodoo, but we would be more, if that was us in the situation, we would be relieved and also scared. While Georgia fans are seeing it as like, they almost see like being. They, they act scared in a braggadocious way. Yes, like they're yes. Having...
0: It's the, you know, you Auburn, you guys are going to be spooky next year. Auburn's going to be spooky next season. Like, come on, dude. Like, you barely survived. You should be embarrassed. You're, you're not the number you know one the team. Type of like people, this.
1: You know the type of people, like, if they, get, if they get caught doing something wrong, they only admit guilt when it makes them look better exactly. to take responsibility for it. That's how Georgia fans are with poor performances. Mm-hmm.
0: And the thing about Georgia dude is it feels like they have poor performance after poor performance. Like it's just it seems like so many times over this last couple of years where they've had this like national title string, right? They they keep playing these mediocre opponents barely surviving and, and just, like, acting like, oh, well, you know, it's hard to win every game, guys. The next it's hard, week, to it hard to win. It's
1: hard to win on the road. On to the next week. And we've yeah. got some stuff we got oh, to improve. But then at the same token they're going to act like they're, like, the national championship yeah. winner. They're going to be. And that's the thing. It's when like...
0: when Bama was in its heyday, you know, winning three out of four national titles, right, when, like, truly in the prime of Saban's career, which I'm not saying it's over, but you know what I mean, Randy. When Alabama is at its best, they are just – annihilating every opponent like literally everyone doesn't matter if it's on the road doesn't matter if it's against a ranked opponent or a rival it doesn't matter they are just completely destroying that opponent and you know bam is the best george is not that they've never been that during this two three year stretch
1: i don't know if i'm being biased but i do feel like that whenever we were at the peak of the dynasty Mm -hmm. that whenever we had these type of games i feel like we would say similar things to them, but it just came off differently. I don't know if I'm completely biased no, no, in saying no. that I'm off the mark. What, what What do you think? No, I think you right. I
0: think you're right, because the thing is, Batmobile, in its peak, maybe had one game like this a year. Maybe at most one season. Whereas Georgia, man, it feels like every other week they're struggling at this point. You know what I'm saying?
1: And how did we react from your perspective when we had that type of game? I
0: mean, it's annoying, but it's like, I feel like, I'll give Bama fans this, you as a whole seem so much more genuine than Georgia fans. Like, you you really enjoy the beatdowns. Like, you enjoy, like, killing your opponents in a way that Georgia just, like, is just happy to be here. You know what I mean? Like, they're just kind of here for the ride, it seems.
1: I completely see that. I, I completely see what you're saying. I've noticed that in their beat it's almost like they take it for granted. Yeah. And it's like we it's not that we take it for granted in a much different way. The way we take it for granted is we're supposed to beat opponents down. We're gonna enjoy every second of it, mm-hmm. but we're supposed to beat opponents down. But then it's like, it's like the the they almost like don't enjoy it. It's, it's like it's weird. a lot
0: lottery and like don't know what to do. Kind of a thing
1: exactly they're like one of those you know those like lower middle class midwestern people that (laughs) win the lottery then blow it all in three years
0: yeah yeah they're like that that's them they're blowing their lottery money they don't know how good they got it and they're they're irresponsible with their wins that's my take
1: like how it's become a trend on the show where we we accidentally go on a huge rant and just go off on one team a week
0: (laughs) that's the appeal george is our target this week
1: Uh, now let's continue on with the, this was their Super Bowl award now that we're back on track sure. um, I'm gonna go with Colorado for only losing to what? USC by you were seven just praising them.
0: You were just praising them
1: a I ago. was just praising them but they did kind of act like Here's the thing is that that last drive is what gave me Which made me decide to give them this award hmm. because if you notice in that last drive They had a ton of time left instead of like Playing a little bit more up tempo, which was working all game. It's almost like they played to the tie because they did not give themselves enough time when they easily could have. USC was playing pre prevent defense. They could have scored on USC much faster, but instead they ran the ball Good seven time. times yeah. with like five minutes left.
0: It was that's bad coaching. Like that—that's on Coach Prime ultimately, in my mind.
1: Cause... It is on Coach Prime. And here's the thing: it's almost like they're like, okay, if we can make it 48-41 after that, after going down huge against mighty USC, then we'll keep the hype train going for our program, and we'll be able to still have attention from recruits, and we'll keep mm-hmm. building. And it's like you're playing to lose at that point. It almost felt like they were playing to lose yeah and that's they that's celebrated cool. only losing by a touchdown like they won the super bowl
0: dude they've been celebrating every game like they won the super bowl this year i mean i i think this entire season ultimately belongs to colorado as far as this rule bowl award goes so but i know what you mean i i totally agree it's it's shameful it's shameful
1: yeah right but, and it's like they don't like literally celebrate but it's always like this yeah that. man it was a tough week and we went down early but now we just got to <laughs> For next week. And it's obviously the way they're talking about the loss is clearly in a celebratory manner.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We kept it close, guys. Like, come on. Come on.
1: Exactly. All right. And now it's time for the best segment every week is we have the mailbag. I'm excited. So we're going to start with Rhett. Could you throw for 200 yards on LSU's defense?
0: Yes. And I'm not joking. And here's how. Here's how. I, I, I really believe this, Randy. And, you know, I get them a 5'9, small, frail guy. But if I was a quarterback at a P5 institution, all I would do is throw screen passes. That's all you have to do. You could get 200 yards on LSU just from screen passes alone.
1: I think that's true. For whatever reason, they can't really tackle and their defense yes. just gives up so many points and so many missed tackles and so sloppy i don't know what it is about them but like i know in the ole miss game it was like their defense is who blew it their offense is not the problem mm-hmm. ole miss had 706 total yards i want to oh, see their lady. passing yards that's absolutely think they insane. Had 400 passing yards just insane and i mean they're they're so they're a paper paper bag defense wet paper
0: wet paper so yes, I could. Good question, Red.
1: Could I? Probably. <laughs>
0: you could do it, dude. I, I believe in you.
1: All right. Next is Hash Brown One Three Two. Shoutouts. What's the most forgettable team in FBS? So this is tough because like,
0: for me, I kind of I thought about this a lot actually since you posted this Hash Brown. To me, it's got like two categories. There's like the most forgettable P5 team, and then there's like the most forgettable G5 team, right? Um, if I had to pick one overall, though, this is this might be a hot take. Genuinely, like, ask yourself, when was the last time you thought about this team? Boston College.
1: I 100% agree. I think that's a great take. Boston College. Like, just I just don't think about them.
0: Yeah. Whereas at least G5 schools, even the bad ones, like, like, like the thing about G5 is, like, they're so bad with some of these schools that, like, it's almost like a novelty. Like, of, of course you're aware that, like... I, I don't know, I'm picking on them, but like Central Michigan is bad or something, right? Um,
1: or like- Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt gets picked on because they're bad. Like, right. we don't forget about Vanderbilt. Right,
0: exactly. Whereas with Boston College, they're like just bad enough to be forgettable, but not so bad that like they're like laughable every year. You know what I mean?
1: Poor Boston College, man. They, they're they getting some heat this week. That's true. Um, for the Group of Five team, I don't even know who to pick. I was going to say like... Probably one of those Ohio teams, just because Ohio is a very forgettable state.
0: I don't know. Like, I'm looking at a list now here. I I Googled it while we were looking this up here. Like, Nevada comes to mind. Um, Like, maybe... Because they're just kind of
1: in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Like, FIU, maybe. FIU could be up there. I could see them being pretty forgettable. Like, can you name one FIU player ever?
1: I'm going to say F- I like the FIU answer mm-hmm. because I always just get them mixed up with FAU.
0: Yes, who is memorable because they had Lane Kiffin for a while, if you recall.
1: Exactly. So FIU is just kind of like whatever. Yeah, An airport, help. right?
0: Yeah, we'll go with FIU and Boston College. Fantastic question, Hash Brown. Shouts out.
1: Shouts out. NSB. Will Maryland be one of the big three? Yes. Which one?
0: I... This, I guess
1: we're going to go into it right now. My lock of the week. Maryland beats Ohio State. I wouldn't go that far. Um, I just... I want, I really, really, really want to see them beat one of the big three, but I just don't know if I see it happening. I could see them maybe beating Michigan because they play in Michigan the week before Michigan has to go play Ohio State, and mm-hmm. it's a home game for Maryland. For so like... Yeah. They could be looking at I don't know if Michigan's the type of team to look ahead.
0: thing is with Maryland, so like there's this, you know, ongoing theory with Maryland that, right, they're always good in September and then October hits, things fall apart, right? I mean, that is true. Um, but on the same token, I think that Maryland's problem is they usually start the season off with like a ton of momentum, right? They have like a ton of hype. There's a lot of belief that they're like, this might be the year they finally like, you know, get it done in the Big Ten East, but then they lose their first game, and like it's like the bike falls off, you know, the track. It's everything falls apart at that point. I think because of that, they have a better shot of beating Ohio State early on. Like a five zero Maryland has so much more momentum than they would as like a you know like seven and four Maryland playing Michigan in like the last week. You know what
1: I mean? I completely see that. That that makes a lot of sense.
0: So we'll see. I think this is their one shot. I'll say that. I don't think they're beating Penn State. Because Penn State's really good, and I, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying with like looking ahead with Michigan, but Michigan, I hate to say, it looks really good this year. They're gonna be hard to beat. They'll be hard to beat. Whereas I think Ohio State's vulnerable. Ohio State's overrated as hell. So we'll see.
1: Right. All right. So moving on, we have Cameron. What is college football? College football is as swift as the coursing river, with all the great force, with all the force of a great typhoon, with all the strength of a raging fire.
0: I think we'll leave it at that.
1: That's well said. All right, DK. Is Sam Hartman the most (laughs) attractive college football player of the last decade?
0: Like, let's be real. Let's be real, fellas, for a moment here. Uh, Yes. Yes.
1: I I think he is. I just, I think, I feel like women would be turned off by the whole, like, rib necklace thing. They would either think it's really cool or they would be like, that's weird. I don't know how they would feel about it.
0: He looks like Giga Chad, though. And, like you've seen
1: the edits, right? Like, he does look he, like the Giga Chat name, like stereotypical. Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, that was like it was like ten years ago. His name was Cam McDaniel, and it was also a Notre Dame football player, and mm-hmm. he was known as ex- the extremely photogenic uh, running back. And he has that What's iconic him? meme yeah, picture. Yeah. That was him. Yeah, yeah, that was the Notre Dame player. I was going to say I was going to give it to him for that picture.
0: He's got to be up there too, Notre Dame. I don't know what it is, dude. They they keep pumping out these these hunks, but uh. Yeah, <laughs> I think Sam Hartman has to win. And for what it's worth, dude, like this is kind of a, a tangential topic, but it feels like there's a lot of really ugly quarterbacks these days. Have you noticed this? Like quarterback used to be like a really noble position. <laughs> where, like the Chad of the school, you know, like like the, the hottest guy in the school. Yes, is quarterback. I
1: know exactly what you mean. They all have horrible Patrick Mahomes haircuts and yeah. have like this like stringy or like this like I am just going to be honest about how I say this. I'm sorry to my parents who listen, but they have like this facial hair that looks like they glued pubes to their face. Oh my gosh. They all have that facial hair nowadays and it's like they they're just ugly, man. And they always have like oh, they have like some weird mullet haircut.
0: Spencer Rattler is so ugly. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback, but he's ugly. Georgia's quarterback, what's his name again? He is
1: he is awesome, he back. He's is ugly. So ugly.
0: He's so ugly. And I don't I don't understand how these ugly guys end up in these like positions of of great importance? Like I I'm, I I'm speechless, dude. So I, I like Sam Hartman. I'm glad that we have like a Giga Chad at quarterback. We, we need that,
1: you know. We we need Josh. I love that. Bring that jobs. energy again. Yeah, dude. Um, And like, I don't know. So like there's like this weird thing. Do you remember in the early 2000s, fashion in the early 2000s was so horrible. Every piece of clothing was so ugly. Nobody knew how to style their hair. Everything was ugly. It's like we finally figured out fashion like five, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but then the Zoomers came along and just ruined it.
0: I totally agree. And I know we have a large Zoomer audience, but they know my thoughts. They know my thoughts. And I'm sticking to my guys they know, here.
1: but They know my thoughts, too, on Zoomer fashion.
0: I'll say this real quick to close up the segment. This is hilarious, by the way. Um, Sam Hartman, it's like they always show him on the sidelines. Have you noticed this? He's always on the sidelines with this, like, incredibly stoic look in his face. And his hair is just, like, perfect. It's just, it's absolutely perfect, which I don't understand for a guy who's wearing a helmet. I noticed that,
1: too. It's like, how does he have his hair so perfect it's in the so middle good. of a football game?
0: It's it's nuts, dude. So yeah. No, he definitely is. Shouts out to Sam Hartman.
1: <laughs> Alright, from Rice, um our Texas enjoyer of the list of the of the gym podcast. Who are your four playoff picks and why are they Rice, Texas, Texas State, and Georgia State?
0: Uh it's a good question. I for me though, I, I will say this. I think what he's really asking, like, is is, you know, who are our playoff picks at this point? And I'll say Texas, I agree with you, Rice. I think Texas is the best team in the Big 12, and they're really well-positioned to make a playoff run. Um, If I had to pick three other teams, I'd probably go Penn State in the Big 10, Alabama, SEC, and whoever wins the Pac-12, which I'm guessing is going to be Oregon at this point. So, yeah, Oregon, Bama, Texas, Penn State.
1: I could see some of those. I'm I'm gonna answer the Texas question first. The thing about Texas is they still they play Oklahoma this week. It's true. Um is now is the time that I should say the thing. Do I do I say it now?
0: Say it now. Say it now.
1: My walk of the week, my lock of the week is Oklahoma beats Texas.
0: Oh my god. That's a hot take, Randy.
1: It is a hot take. The thing is, Texas could lose and still go to the playoffs, but actually probably not because Oklahoma would be in a position to... Well, with with the um, Big
0: 12, it's not like an East-West division type thing, right? It's the top two teams in terms of records. So they would
1: get a rematch. I see. I'm looking at this now. Hold on. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Is there... Sixteen teams in the Big Twelve this this year. Oh gosh, it's the it's it's year where they still have Oklahoma and Texas, but now they have BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston. Right. So it's kind of a weird it hodgepodge is. conference this year. There's going to be some interesting trivia, media trivia in a couple in a few years yeah. from this year. Um,
0: regardless, uh, like who are your like playoff favorites
1: at this point? I'd say Texas. I would say honestly, without any bias, us at this point, um, assuming we can kind of keep taking care of business. Okay. Keep improving Oregon, so us Texas, Oregon, um, Big Ten, Michigan.
0: Wow, we have almost the same exact playoff picture, and the ACC is getting no love. Uh, to be fair, the ACC is either going to be
1: Texas or Florida State, it's going to be one of them, too. I'm not sure who yet. I don't trust Florida State. I
0: hate to say it low, bro. I don't trust Florida State to not like have won
1: bad game thing is with florida state is they've played their two toughest games of the year already mm-hmm. and they won both of them so i mean you should never look at the season this way because you know you say that but then they're going to drop a game to pit or something that's what i'm
0: saying i think i see florida state as a really like they're a really good team make no mistake about that like they they have the potential to beat just about anyone in the country but i like i just don't trust them to actually win out does that make any sense
1: no, that makes a lot of sense, especially because it's been, what, nine, ten years since we've seen them, seen them in this position, so. It's
0: a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Right, but next.
1: Malika belief is still going to remain uh, Oklahoma over Texas, but they would get a rematch and Texas would win and go to the playoff.
0: I like that pick. I like that pick. All
1: right, All right next is from Saxo Steve. Who is your group of five New Year Six participant? Anything- James Madison. I, I was going to say really? James Madison is still undefeated. Yeah. Five and now. I was going to say, um, you're like, what?
0: Yeah. Who's undefeated at this point? I see Fresno state is undefeated. Um, I could gonna say
1: play. James Madison. So my the reason I say James Madison is that they won at Virginia I know Virginia's bad. They still did win versus the Power Five team. Mm-hmm. They won at Troy, who was very good. They won at Utah State, another really good team, and they also beat South Alabama. See, it beat South Alabama, the team that destroyed Oklahoma State by like four touchdowns. They're
0: a decent pick, and they, that was an FCS team a couple of years ago, right?
1: Yes, they were. Uh,
0: that'd be a really cool story to see them making uh, New York Six, but no, actually, I, I like your pick. But I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna stick with Fresno State at this point. Um, they beat Purdue at Purdue, by the way, uh, as well as beating Arizona State at Arizona State, um, and they've just been destroying their opponents lately. They beat Kent State fifty-three to ten, which I know it's Kent State, but any team that can win by that much is probably pretty good. So. Give me the Bulldogs. Exactly.
1: Especially a group of five team to go beat another group of five team by that much. Because, like, usually they don't win by that much because they don't have, like, the pure raw talent to do that. Right. Um, I mean, they have two road Power Five wins. I think that's probably more than anybody else at this stage. Mm. I mean, it, I, even more so than actual Power <laughs> yeah. Five teams. You know what I mean? And Arizona State, 29-0 at Arizona State. So I mean, it's they beat them down. Up. Yeah. Jersey North State is one of those group of five teams that's always, like, really strong and really good for whatever reason. And they always have, like, tough, big players. They're probably the most talented of any group of five team year in, year out. But for whatever reason, we just never see them in the new year six. And I don't know why that is. Probably because they play in probably the toughest group of five conference. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the the Mountain West. Because the Mountain West is actually plays a lot of really cool, good football. Got a Huggies. Um, Yeah. (laughs) They play a lot of good football out there. Like, I was going to say, like, obviously the southeast and the midwest are the premier college football regions of the United States. Mm -hmm. But the third is actually that kind of mountain, not quite west coast, but mountainous western area where Colorado, Utah... Look, I, I, I wouldn't even say the 7 North, because like in the Mountain West, they actually like care about college football. Like if that's you see true. the Utah, BYU-Utah State games, they yeah. get a lot of fans. That's true. Colorado that's true. has a lot of fans. I mean, even before Deion got there, that was always a region that's very underrated for college football.
0: It's a very beautiful region, very uh, photo photographic. Um, but I just realized, reading Saxo Steve's post here, he actually did mention, <laughs> our only undefeated G5s right now are Air Force, Fresno State, James Madison, who might be ineligible, Liberty oh,
1: and Marshall. That's yes. right, they have the probationary period for moving up. So,
0: yeah, that's I forgot about that. Any chance there's a one-loss AAC champ that lucks out, has most or all of these guys lose, and sneaks in? Uh, I think the AAC, dude, like, used to be, like, the premier g fives conference, but, I mean, they lost all their good members at this point. Who's even left at this point that's, like, good in the AAC?
1: I can't even think of a single one of their members it's definitely- right now. It's, if I could find... Okay. who's 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 nice this is embarrassing um because all the members we would think about associate with them left so we're like wait who's in the conference again yeah I'm looking so let now. me see this is how uab's in it there
0: you go
1: and i can kind of read off some of the members i mean the only one last teams left in the aac are memphis and tulane memphis? so too late. yeah
0: memphis is decent
1: Memphis is decent. They usually are. They only lost to Missouri by a touchdown. They did beat Boise State. That's a pretty good win. Tulane, I know, it was really good. Beat USC last year. That was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and they actually play. Memphis and Tulane play in two weeks, it looks like. That's right. And that's, they're each other's next game. And that's on a Friday. That's going to be a Friday night game on the 13th. So that's actually going to be extremely interesting. Spooky.
0: Yeah, we'll Very see. Speaking. We'll see. I don't know. The G5's kind of, I, I feel like for a while the G5 was actually getting a ton of traction in terms of like reputation. But then conference realignment just like goofed it up and all like the good G5 schools are now in P5. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we're like resetting. Yeah. It at this point.
1: <laughs> and the third part to his question is also, I'm going to Michigan at Minnesota on Saturday. Any suggestions on what he should do? Leave. GMO, you're the Minnesota expert.
0: Leave. Don't go to Minnesota. That's my advice. <sighs> I'm a hater though. I've honestly, this is a this is a true this is a true uh, Jimbo lore moment. I have never stepped foot in Minnesota. I've never been to Minnesota. Never? It's intentional. I don't want to go. Okay, I, I, I'm avoiding going there. So.
1: All right. There you go.
0: I have no suggestions so, other than leave.
1: <laughs> from side up, how many yards will Talia have to throw against Ohio State in order to become a Heisman contender? 450.
0: Yep, I was gonna say at least 400. I think that's what he needs to win, uh, first and foremost. But for what it's worth, man, if if Maryland wins this game, it's going to be because of Talia. And if they do win, I think he's immediately in that Heisman conversation.
1: Absolutely, because again, the Heisman voters value that Heisman moment, right? Yeah. So if he throws for 400 yards and beats Ohio State, he can then lose to both Michigan and Penn State. And- yeah. For whatever reason, the way the Heisman works, that won't kill the Heisman yeah, hype. Like, do you I'm remember Lamar Jackson. Jackson? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Same
1: thing. Yeah. Well, it we wish... was off at the end of the season, but the hype had built up so much it just didn't matter.
0: For sure. For sure. Good question. From
1: X, do you think it's possible this is the first and only year of the playoffs where we don't see an SEC team in it?
0: i <sighs> thought about this, and I'll say this. If Georgia loses two games and then beats Bama in, like, the SEC championship game? I think yes. I think there's enough, like, good teams outside of the SEC and there's enough, like, chaos within the SEC this year that it, it could happen, but it's it's going to take a lot of help. Like, it needs it needs Georgia to really fail and yet still beat Bama down the road.
1: I just don't see who Georgia's going to lose to. I mean, they had a lot of losable games, but they always managed to pull them out in the most pathetic ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going to play Kentucky this week, and Kentucky is the Maryland of the SEC. So, like, they're going to Georgia's going to win that. They still got to play Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee. The thing is, like, how week
0: I I get Georgia has a lot of media hype, and like, they're defending national champions. They're going to you know get more benefit of the doubt. But their schedule is so mediocre this year that like, I you know like it feels like they actually don't have that much margin for error. Like, the second they do lose a game, they're going to drop pretty high, I think, or pretty low, I should say, rather. <laughs> Um, I've noticed that right voters
1: up. are a lot more willing to drop a team for a bad performance than they have been in previous years at least with the AP yeah. people
0: for sure and I mean, obviously like the, the playoff committee is different like who knows what they're thinking right now but like I feel like the playoff committee historically cares more about like how you overall look than necessarily your like record and I think Georgia like I don't think anyone's super impressed by Georgia at this point at least compared to like the other top teams you know what I mean
1: exactly
0: but we'll see. I think I think an SEC team is going to make it, though. I just there won't be two this year. I don't think there's going to be two SEC teams, for what it's worth.
1: All right, from Alabra, give us your top three non quarterback players in college football right now.
0: Uh, I'll see. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start this off here. So I got three. One's pretty biased, but I'll start with Brock Bowers. I know I was crapping on him earlier, but there's no denying he's a talent. Uh, he really is the Georgia offense in my mind and is pretty much guaranteed to be a future NFL like star, <laughs> um, so I, I definitely got him as far as like non quarterbacks go. Uh, number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, and I'm so sorry. It's it's Amika Eb- Ebbuka. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this. Amika Ebbuka. But dude, I swear every Ohio State game I watch, he's tearing it up. I, you know Marvin Harrison Jr. gets like all the hype, right? Because the name, obviously, and you know the the recognition. But like, I think that Amika is is just significantly better Okay, maybe not significantly better but he's better and he's like he he really is in the same way that Brock Bowers is like Georgia's offense it feels like he's Ohio State's offense and he's definitely played on Sundays for a long time uh number three I'm biased but I'll say it because I couldn't think of anyone else I'm going Braylon Allen uh for what it's worth he's averaging 7.1 yards a carry this season that's his career high Uh, He's already got more receiving uh, receptions than he ever had in in 2021 or 2022. And, yeah, he's even even got a tackle. He even uh, had a tackle, I think, in one game where we, like, threw an interception. So that's a Heisman caliber performance right there. I'm going Braylon Allen, who's only 17.
1: I'm going to go with Brock Bowers because, again, he is the Georgia offense. And he's that safety blanket for uh, Carson Beck to throw to. I'm going to go with my biased pick. Which is of course Kool-Aid McKinstry. He has four interceptions already this year, That's so nuts. he is tearing it up. And my next one, I'm mm, it's kinda hard for me to choose the next one. But the third one, I kind of want to say Marvin Harrison Junior. Um I mean he's got all the measurables. He's one of those players that you already just know he's gonna go to the NFL and have like a ten year career and be great. Right. But he is kind of—I don't know if sandbagging is the right word—but he's, he's not, you trying. know, trying. Yeah,
0: you can tell. He can when try harder. You can tell when he's trying, when he's not. I would say.
1: Exactly, he's trying not to get injured, kind yeah. of thing. He's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all coming up. I don't blame him. I think he actually is injured. Actually, I think he had an issue with his foot, and he had an issue all last season as well with his planting foot. Yes,
0: yeah, like I, I get why he's going a bit softer, but regardless.
1: All right. Now we have the next question from Larry. Which top 10 team is the most sus? Which unranked team is the most disrespected? The most disrespected unranked team right now is definitely Maryland. Yep.
0: It's, I can't believe they're unranked. It sickens me that they're unranked. And I get that they haven't been exactly. anyone good, but, like, come on. Like, five and LP5 team. You got to give it to them.
1: Exactly. Suspect top 10 team. let see. It's got to be USC. Yeah, I was going to say There's just no USC. <laughs> their 30, defense is so soft. So
0: bad. Every other team in the top ten, like, you know, Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Penn State, Florida State, Ohio State, Texas, Michigan, Georgia, every other team, it's like you can make a compelling case for them to win the title still. USC, you can't. Their, their defense is just so bad.
1: Exactly. All right, from Banana Joe, what are your two most shockingly bad teams and two most shockingly good teams?
0: I'll start this off because I've I've kind of thought about this. Shockingly bad. I'm going Virginia and LSU. Virginia, I, I feel kind of bad for them, honestly. But I, I, I've actually for whatever reason like watched several Virginia games this year. I'm kind of like rooting for them to finally win a game. Um, but it's it's looking like they're probably they, they very well may not win a single game this entire season, um, which is you know hard to watch. Obviously, um, a team that's obviously better than them but still shockingly bad in my mind is LSU. I, I think a lot of people, I mean, what they were, they were like top 10 entering the season, right? They're like number five or something, I think, heading yeah. into the year. And like, for them to like fall off this quickly and look this bad, especially on defense early on, uh, is, is, is to me shocking. Like, I, 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 I didn't think they were going to live up to the hype per se, but I didn't think they would be this mediocre.
1: I'm going to go with okay. LSU for the reasons you just listed, and I'm also going to say Clemson. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I thought this was going to be the year where, like, okay, they finally have a legit quarterback again. Everything else will kind of fall into place. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't really been the case. They look like they've definitely taken a step down from their yeah. peak.
0: They're they're getting better as the season goes on, but, like, this ain't the Clemson of, of years past, right? Like, this is not a national championship caliber team, uh, which is exactly. disappointing for, like, the standard that they had. Um, and
1: for shockingly good, I'm going to go ahead and go with Washington. Because Washington isn't just undefeated, but they are still destroying well, not last everybody week. they play. Not
0: last
1: week. They did have a close game last week. But, like, I'm fine with that because they destroyed everybody else. Like, <laughs> okay. they're going to be one of those teams. I know they're going to play Oregon. Them and Oregon are going to get that that game figured out. I think don't know if they play USC. Um... I think the, the Pac-12, the top of the Pac-12 race is going to be very interesting this year because you have Washington, Utah, yeah. even UCLA, USC, Oregon, Col- not Colorado anymore, but you know what I mean. Yes. Washington State, Oregon State. These are all teams like you don't have no idea who's going to come out on top For sure. of all of this. So they do play USC. They do play Washington State. They do play Oregon. They still have three undefeated teams left in their schedule. It's tough.
0: I agree with you, though. I would definitely have them as one of my shockingly good teams. I Again, I thought they'd be good, but, like, for them to look how they've looked, I was surprised by. Uh, another team I was surprised by being shockingly good is Texas. I, I think we, me and you both agreed they had no shot against Alabama, you know, at uh, playing at Alabama, but they've looked good, man, so far. Like, even against Kansas last week, I for a while I was thinking maybe Kansas is going to pull it off, but, like, no. Nah, Texas, like... They've got their act together this year in a way that Texas hasn't in years past. You know
1: what I mean? I know what you mean. I I agree with that. I'm not going to give that answer, but I actually agree with that. Um, I'm going to give my shockingly good team. The other one is going to be Washington State because they they, they destroyed Colorado State. They beat Wisconsin by two scores. Um, And they just beat Oregon State, who has the best offensive line in college football. I mean, Washington State looks legitimately very good. And I expected them to be very, I guess, deflated and defeated this year based on like the conference realignment situation, mm-hmm. the uncertainty of their future. I kind of expected them to be playing, like, what's the point? Right. And just feel deflated and defeated. But they no, they're playing inspired, so i got to give it up to them.
0: I need them to keep winning because they are our one loss. be you, you know, they, they look like a quality loss at this point, which sickens me. But what can you do?
1: What can you do? All right. The next one is from Sula Chungus. Who's dumber, Bill O'Brien or Colorado's OC in the whammy minutes of the Colorado USC game? It's Bill O'Brien.
0: I was gonna say Colorado's OC.
1: It's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> I remember it was first and two years ago, first and two, first and first and goal from the two yard line. He threw it three straight times. Oh, he th- oh my goodness! You're running up the gut. One and dove. We have – or Alabama. Like, I, I don't like <laughs> to play that card, but, like, we are Alabama. Just line up and run it down their throat. It's two yards. No, you can go get that.
0: I've always said the opinion, you know, if it's, like, first and goal from the one, like, you run it up the gut four times in a row. If they beat you, you deserve to not get that touchdown. But, like, you should, you should get it. I don't care who you are. It's one yard. You know what I mean? Can't
1: be I hard. remember the Tennessee game last year. There was, like, 56 seconds left. It was third and 10. 56 seconds left, we're in field goal range, Instead of just, and they had no timeouts, yep. instead of just running it, running 40 seconds off the clock and getting a last second field goal, he throws it, yep. throws it to Jameer Gibbs, it's dropped, and then we lose the game. Yep. And it's just like stuff like that, where he just tries way too hard to, he's one of those people that's dumb, but thinks he's really smart.
0: Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Good question.
1: Ah, uh, Okay. From the clan. I shout outs. Yeah, shuts up. Do you think Lincoln Riley refuses to prioritize the defenses of his teams purposely because he wants his offense to look that much more impressive and bolster his reputation as a quarterback whisperer and offensive mastermind?
0: Yes, unironically
1: yes. Unironically, I think, uh, yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. I just think it's like he doesn't value defense.
0: Yeah, at all. It's, it's always been this way because it's not just this year. Like, even when he was at Oklahoma, like, they had these incredible offenses with these Heisman quarterbacks and just, like, just the worst honest-to-God defense imaginable. Where if, if they were just okay, like, if, if USC's defense was just, like, mediocre, they'd be a playoff team, like, overnight, right? So, I, I buy it. Like, there's no reason other than, like, this conspiracy. Like, I, I actually kind to buy this. It's consistently
1: bad, bad, consistent.
0: Yeah. It's abysmal.
1: And it's like he, he, it's like he wants to put zero effort into the defense because he just doesn't care. That's yeah. why he keeps on Alex Grinch, even though Alex Grinch is mediocre, just, dude, really mediocre, because he just doesn't want to think about it.
0: Hire Jim Leonard. You're going to win the national title if you hire Jim Leonard. I'll say that right now. Like, USC with a good defense, forget, okay, if, if they had a good defense, like just even a top 30 defense, they would win the national title.
1: This year. Exactly. Uh,
0: it's It's insane to me. And
1: I wonder if USC fans are kind of... I don't know if USC fans are just enjoying to not suck anymore. Or if they're eventually going to be like, okay, Lincoln, you kind of need to figure out this defense thing. (laughs) We're ready to take the next step. Yeah,
0: like we have all this talent on offense. Why can't we just win it for
1: once? Or no, they're just happy to not suck. But, you know. All right. From Four Womblies. What is worse? Too much syrup or not enough syrup?
0: (sighs) I thought about this a lot, actually. And I decided... Not
1: enough syrup is worse. One hundred percent correct. Not enough syrup because, like, the thing with not enough syrup is when you get those kinds of pancakes, they're just like dry in your mouth, and you can't.
0: You need syrup with pancakes. I'm not trying to sound like a snob, but like you, like it doesn't matter how good the pancake is, it needs syrup. Like exactly,
1: it's not one of those things that you can enjoy by itself if it's cooked right. No, you gotta (laughs) have syrup. Yeah, I
0: totally agree.
1: All right, and so without further ado, we're going to move on to a week six quick preview. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we do have some interesting games. Uh, We're going to start with number 12, Oklahoma versus number three, Texas. Is this the biggest Red River shootout ever? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I always love this game. Yeah. I just want to point out shout out to Hash Hash Brown132. He loves the weather. Uh, (laughs) The weather of this game is always like aggressively sunny without a single cloud in the sky, it's like so bright. It it's like is. a perfect 75, 80 degrees.
0: You're so, dude,
1: you're so but, right. Hey, hey, dude, this is what, this is what the South is like in October, in late October. Like, this is why we love college football is because this is when weather is amazing for us.
0: Now I'm looking this up. Where, where does this take place? The Cotton Bowl, like, what city? Dallas. Dallas? Dallas. Okay, let's yep. look up Dallas's weather. We're doing a real quick weather check here. So this Saturday, seventy-three. Sure enough, 73 and sunny. Oh, but it might, there might be clouds.
1: Oh, no. Mostly really. sunny,
0: partially cloudy. Dude, if there's a single cloud, I'm calling you out. <laughs> but I
1: know what you oh, All right, but no, <laughs> this is why we love fall weather. It's because it's just amazing. It's usually in the 80s. It's yeah, just very yeah. nice. We can go outside and do stuff again. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next. Games. Oh, I was going to talk about the game. <laughs> Good time we still got to talk about the game. Right, right. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: uh, you think Texas is going to win. I th- or Sorry, you think Oklahoma is going to win, right? Yes. Okay. I think I agree with you. And I think I agree with you because I like your scenario where Texas loses this week, but then, like, comes back, wins out, and, like, wins the Big 12 against Oklahoma in the championship game. I love that. I think that happens.
1: Something does seem different mentally about this Texas team than past Texas teams where I feel like they could get surprised and lose this game and then use that kind of... That yeah. would be a teaching moment for them to realize, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to get it together. Exactly. So for the rest of the season, they're going to be a lot more focused and know what their weaknesses are, mm-hmm. know what their flaws are, and be ready the time the rematch comes. And I feel like Oklahoma... They're, like, a year behind Texas, but they're doing fine, but they are, like, ultimately a year behind in how the team looks in certain ways. Right.
0: It should be interesting to watch.
1: Maryland at number four, Ohio State. Can the Stars finally align for Talia?
0: I think they do. I actually think this is the year. Uh, I feel like Talia, it's like we've been hyping him up on the podcast, like, year after year after year, right? But he always falls short. He always, like, he's always, like, just a a little bit away from like making that big leap. But this year, dude, like looking at his stats, man, um, he's averaging 8.7 yards per pass, his best in his entire career. He already has 13 touchdowns this season, 13 touchdowns to three interceptions. I mean, he's playing at a really high level at this point. um, And this being his last year, you know, it's like he's got to make this real statement to make the NFL draft. Um, And I'm just, I'm I'm impressed with what I see, man. I think he's the real deal.
1: If he would have stayed, he'd be our, he'd be our starter probably this year. He would be, yes. So
0: he's a good quarterback.
1: He is a good quarterback. Um, no, I'm gonna be honest. I think Ohio State's gonna pull it out. I just don't. First of all, it's at Ohio State. That's, That's kind of a big factor, That's to be true. honest. Um, I think Toledo's probably gonna throw for over 300 yards, but in a loss.
0: It's fair enough. Let's see how
1: it goes. Next up, we have number 23 LSU at number 21 Missouri. Is Missouri for real? Why is LSU still ranked?
0: I think Missouri is for real. And I think LSU is bad. So, at this being at Missouri, I I think the Tigers actually, well, the the real Tigers, Missouri, (laughs) come out on top. There we go. Yeah.
1: Ah, man. I know Missouri kind of had a slow game versus Vanderbilt last week, but I think they were looking ahead.
0: Looking ahead, exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, mm -hmm. No. It's hard for me to think about this game objectively, (laughs) but Missouri is looking legitimately good. Um, Their quarterback hasn't thrown a single interception this year. It's crazy. They beat Kansas State. They beat Memphis. They've played some okay competition.
0: They've played close close, all season, it seems, right?
1: Um, I don't really want Missouri to win. I'll just say that.
0: But the thing is, Missouri, to me, they seem like the kind of team that wins the close game, whereas LSU is the kind of team that loses the close game. So I, I think that is, is very th- true. I think this is in their favor. This
1: is definitely going to be one of my must-watches next week, assuming it's not on at the same time as our game.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, next up we have number 20, Kentucky, at number 1, Georgia. Will this be Georgia's only ranked opponent all season? Yes.
0: I think so. So, like, this is their this is their big signature win if they can beat Kentucky. Uh, regardless of, Again. like, how Kentucky finishes in the season, I feel like people care so much about, like, ranked wins in the moment, right? Like, no one cares if, like, you, you beat a kind of, like, unranked team at the beginning of the year and they end up being good. Like, people care that you had a ranked win at some point.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Um, Kentucky, the Kentucky-Georgia game is always, like, it's, again, it's the Maryland-Ohio State of the SEC. Every single year, Kentucky always starts out strong as, you know, 4-0, 5-0, yeah. but then they play Georgia, and then they lose all hype for the season and fall apart. And I just, I don't want it to happen, but... If Georgia's gonna. Here's the thing: Georgia's gonna be like, oh, we look vulnerable. Let's make a statement and <laughs> yeah. make that statement against Kentucky, and they pull it together, and it's going to be the most annoying crap in the world.
0: For what it's worth, they played Georgia really close last year. It was a sixteen-six slugfest. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think what's tough with this game is that this is at Georgia. Similar thing with Maryland, Ohio State, right? Whereas if this was at Kentucky, I'd feel a lot better about the Wildcats, you know, pulling off the upset. But as it stands, I see Georgia just continuing to get away with murder at this point
1: yeah. All right. Number 11 Alabama at Texas A&M. Is this Jimbo's year?
0: No, come on. A&M's terrible
1: this year, dude. They're actually not that terrible. Um All their right. defense is really good. The problem with their defense is that it matches up really well against their offense. They have like a really good sack rate. They've a very good defensive line. Our offensive line has looked very suspect at times. They have a very good tackle for loss stats. Um I just, the like... thing is we, their secondary is vulnerable to deep balls as we saw versus Miami with Tyler van Dyke. It's just really a matter of like I don't know if off- offensive line can hold up long enough to give Noro enough time to throw the deep ball because that's Billa's whole game It's either run or deep ball.
0: I'll say this Randy from like a neutral perspective. I feel like with Alabama like whenever like Alabama's gonna be tested like a, like, a, like play a really tough game, there's like always this like aura around the game before it happens. You know, like we like heading into that game, like throughout the week, there are like whispers of like, could this could this be the upset? Could could Alabama struggle against this team? Whereas this game, it's just like no, this isn't on anyone's radar. I, I think it's going to be just business as usual for Alabama, who has hit their stride, by the way. This should be a blowout. This should be a very very easy win for Alabama.
1: I wouldn't say we've hit our stride. Um, I just don't see it being an easy win. Whatever, whatever. It. The the thing about Texas A&M is they still have all of that talent. They have the appropriately sized players to match up. There's going to be a very tough game, especially with it being at Texas A&M, which is an extremely hostile environment. The good news is that we have experience on the road. We know what our flaws are. I think we have a better idea of what our team is and isn't than Texas A&M does Um, because, you know, they have the new quarterback. They're still trying to figure out what their offense is, that kind of thing. And while we kind of know exactly what our flaws are, we we're finding game planning around it. We look better, so I mean, it's going to be very interesting. It's I'll going to be very us. interesting. I really hope we win it.
0: The, obviously, the game's at two thirty p.m. If this was a proper night game that started like seven p.m., I think Indiana might have a shot. But this this not being a night game, therefore, it's it's tough to beat Alabama when it's not night. Like you have to admit that.
1: I hate to agree with you, but <laughs> it's only a night I don't you know what you up, mean. But... Right, moving on moving on we have number 10 notre dame and undefeated number 25 louisville
0: <sighs> i think Louisville's a good feel good story this year but like i think notre dame has blood in their eyes dude ever since that ohio state loss it's like they've awoken the beast you know what i mean i think i think that's that what usually happens one. to them yeah yeah so i like louisville again i think it's it's a cool story it's it's neat to see but like even though this is at Louisville, they're just the kind of team that it feels like year after year, like, like every now and then Louisville's good, but they're never, like, great.
1: You know? I was really going to bring up the fact that Notre Dame plays USC the week after this game, so, like, yeah. if they overlook it a little bit, it's very possible something crazy happens. Louisville's quarterback, his name is Jack Bummer, and he's a Cal transfer. He's pretty decent. I mean, he could he can make some throws, but... I just wanted to throw it out there. I believe it was one of those five and no technical Cinderellas right now. So you never know how those this those... Big. For a lot of worth, those things fall apart and go five and seven, but some end up at least doing decent.
0: For what it's worth, if they do manage to beat Notre Dame, I think they instantly like skyrocket up uh, in the rankings. You know what I mean? Like they'd be a six no team, win against number ten Notre Dame. Like they they'd be nearing the top ten at that point, I think.
1: True. Yeah um michigan at minnesota how many touchdowns does michigan need to win by for jimbo to celebrate so hard that he goes streaking in his neighborhood
0: um streaking dude probably like 50 50 50 points how many touchdowns is that that's like seven um yeah you know i mean michigan's obviously gonna win um i just hope they win convincingly i think with michigan like they're not a really like flashy team but yet they can still sum up beat you 45 to seven you know like they're not gonna have like a huge highlight reel um, I'm hoping for that kind of game where they, they, like the final score is like you know like like 35 to three but like a very dominant quiet win for Michigan
1: the real question I had for, about this game was is this the game where PJ Fleck officially unofficially decides internally yeah I'm gone I'm going to Michigan State. Oh.
0: It might be I think I think he's checked out regardless um, whether or not it's Michigan State is up for debate. but just looking at his like language this year and just kind of like the overall vibe it seems from the program, uh, it, it just feels like he's like one foot out the door. And what we really need to happen for that for that to become a reality is they need to get destroyed by Michigan and then lose to Iowa the following week. Like they need to really be like in a bad position, like a three and four type season, you know uh, for, for, for this to really, Uh, pan out so i'm optimistic that this is the game that like doesn't get him like doesn't like get him fired or like make him leave but like is like an important step along that process
1: how do you as a rival view the PJ Fleck Minnesota relationship? Is it one of those things where it's like you feel like they deserve this because you hate Minnesota? Or is it more like this is how Minnesota people are? They're liable to fall for scams.
0: They fall for scams. They definitely are. I think like as a as a state, like, you know, historically they don't really have any great teams in any sport, be it, you know, the NFL, baseball, you know, even in hockey. I mean, like the Minnesota Wild are like pretty mediocre, right? Uh, and, and so I, I, I understand like, you know, you want to win. You want to feel good about winning. But I think as a result, they're just like kind of gullible. And like a guy like PJ comes in. Right. And like it kind of has this like attitude of like we're winners. We win. We're so good. Right. Like they really feed off that because they're really desperate, you
1: know. And they needed that. I was going to say, honestly, they needed that as a program when they first got there. That's why they beat Penn State that that first or second year. And we're so good.
0: But it's just. But, it, but,
1: they, but they did nothing with it. It exactly. was all, 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 all form, no substance.
0: It, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, and it wore itself out very quickly.
0: It did. And I, I, just, what I'm most looking forward to, like more than anything else with this, is for PJ to leave, and for Minnesota fans and the university itself, like legally, to have no clue what to do with the whole row the boat phrase, because like legally, he he owns that phrase as a trademark. Right. Like that is literally copyright that is weird PT And so like, this is like their thing now. Like they don't even, they don't even say like Sky U Ma or whatever. Right. They don't like, this is like, this is their roll tide. Right. This is their on Wisconsin. Like it's, it's this gimmick that is trademarked by like a human being, not a university, but like a person who's about to leave. Right. I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens.
1: No, I agree. And I'm going to be honest. I haven't really spoken about this on the, on the podcast, but it did kind of bother me. It's almost like do i say it jimbo you know what i'm about to say okay it feels like he's i understand that it's associated with the death of his son and i understand that oh my
0: god you're going there we're we're officially going But it
1: almost feels like at this point he uses it as an excuse to slap his personal brand all over a program and to be like i don't i don't give a crap about your traditions i don't give a crap about what you were before I'm slapping my personal brand on this. I'm slapping oars on the helmets. Yep. I'm slapping row of the boat all over the locker room, yep. and you're not allowed to disagree or have an issue with me overriding all of your previous traditions because it's about my dead son. So if you have anything to say about it, you're the dick.
0: Honestly, I agree. At this point, like I honestly like kind of forgot that that's why it even like started. You know, I remember like hearing about it when he was at Western Michigan. Like I remember I went to the Cotton Bowl when we, when we played. Western Michigan back in 2015. And, like, I hate to say it, but, like, back then it was kind of neat, you know? Like, it, it, it fits, like, the whole, you know, G5 underdog, you know? Like, we're, we're in this together kind of a thing, you know? Like, we can move past tragedy and, you know, like, it, it felt genuine then but now it's just like it's like you said it's it's a brand it's like a trademark thing like it's it's a money like it's insulting you know what i mean to like
1: you shouldn't okay i understand like tragedy and trauma happens to every human being on this planet mm-hmm. but you should never personally brand yourself with something associated with that trauma that just yeah. that's not healthy for you personally and also it's just You shouldn't do it. You You know what I mean? Like, it would be different if it was like his personal catchphrase or his personal little phrase. There's a way to implement that into his life in a more—I don't know—subtle is the right word.
0: Because, like, I I think of like like most coaches have some type of gimmick to an extent, right? Like, I'm thinking like Nick Saban, the process, process, right, right, and even like Luke Fickle has his little like dumb, you know, team like T E A M thing he has on his like, yeah, but like. At no point did anyone like put that on the jersey. At no point did anyone like make that like the slogan of the entire school, right? But PJ has, and I, can't, I honestly can't think of too many examples of teams like who have also done that over the years. You know what I mean? Like, can you think? And, of I any?
1: Feel, and I feel very conflicted about trying to bring this up because it's like obviously it would be a very sensitive subject. Like, I obviously am not trying to make light of the death of the sun. No, 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 no. but on the same token, you can't use. The death of a family member a tragedy to advance a personal agenda like that?
0: Right. It just, that's why it comes off as so, like, scummy and, like, dishonest. It's like, why are you why are you doing this in the first place? Like, this is just... It's, it's weird. It's almost like...
1: I don't want to take it too far, but it's almost like he uses the death of his son as a shield to advance his personal brand. I don't know if I'm way off base on that, right, but that's almost the vibe right, I get at a certain point. Especially right. with the way... And another reason I say that is the way he talks about Minnesota now is he's already talking about, well, if we don't get enough NIL, we're going to lose that on these recruits. It's almost like he's already making excuses publicly Mm -hmm. and throwing the university under the bus Mm -hmm. for not succeeding and trying to make it seem like not his fault. Yeah. And it just shows a lack of authenticity for his – he doesn't like Minnesota. He likes what Minnesota gave him.
0: That's – Really well said.
1: And also, you can't blame the university's branding for not having enough NIO money or not getting enough attention when you rebrand all of the parts of the program. <laughs>
0: yeah, like that's dude. It's it's gonna be crazy to see like when he does leave. Like, what does their identity become? Like, do they remove the oars? Do they remove the row thing on their helmet? Like, like seriously? Like, I want to what happens. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so strange, dude. This is a. This they is need
1: a... him in a Dion. What they needed was a Dion, not a Pj. Yeah. They think they got Dion, but they didn't. This is how I feel. Exactly. Damn. Um, that, that was actually the
0: last preview we had. I did
1: not. We talk about the game itself. Like we I don't even remember if we just went another rant. I talked
0: about it. Don't worry, Michigan's gonna okay. Okay. It. Don't
1: worry. All right. So now we're going to move into our final segment, which is our personal power ranking top fives. Um, I'm gonna. I guess I'm just gonna read it off kind of quickly. Sure. Um, this is a power ranking, not a technical. What have they earned? But that does play into part, play into uh my criteria, I guess. So Number five, Florida State. You go ahead and give your number five. Uh,
0: number five, I got Alabama. I think okay. they I think they're legit, dude. I know they lost a game, but they're they're in mid season form. It's Alabama.
1: They're not in mid season form. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, number four, Georgia.
0: Number four, I got Penn State. I'm not high in Georgia at all, dude. But I am high on the native I'm
1: high on Georgia to just somehow pull it out of their butts and get it together. And <laughs> then technically, you know what I mean. I know it just, just be, be, the, and be heck, we already went on the rent in Georgia. We're we gonna it. We did. We did. Okay. <laughs> number three, I have Michigan.
0: Number three, I got Texas. I think the fact that they beat Alabama is really impressive. So.
1: Michigan's a very boring by-the-book team, but they just take yeah. care of business. They what do. else can you ask for? Yeah. Um, number two, Penn State.
0: Number two, I got Michigan for the same reasons you were saying. They just keep getting it done, dude. They just keep getting it done.
1: And number one, I have Oregon. Me
0: too. Dude, we are both in agreement. I think Oregon's the best oh, okay. overall team. Overall.
1: I think they are too. Um, I thought it was funny that they happened to beat Colorado and Stanford by literally the exact same score, 42-6. to 6. <laughs> Yeah. But Oregon just looks – here's the thing about Oregon versus Colorado is they were able to beat Colorado in a way and not let up. Because if, if they had let up at all and not – and just assumed the game was won, Colorado would have done something and right. came back. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, Oregon, they just – they have the offense. They had the defense. They had the – size of the lines, size of the lines that you need. They're going to have some really tough tests coming up. They're going to play, their upcoming schedule is Washington, Mm -hmm. Washington State, Utah, and then they play USC and Oregon State still. So they're going to have a very tough schedule Mm -hmm. coming up, but I think think they can handle it. I think they can escape with one loss and win the Pac-12. Oh,
0: for sure. I think the Pac-12 this year is so stacked, it seems, that like a one-loss Pac-12 champion is going to make the playoff. So they have some margin for error. But yeah, overall I like them the most. Alright. Um anything else on Randy or should we wrap it up?
1: I think I'm ready to wrap it up. That covers everything for this week. I'm excited.
0: I'm I'm excited too. I'm finally going back to a game. We're playing records this week, folks. So tune in into Peacock if you're
1: uh Four and One Ruggers, by the way.
0: Wait,
1: what? Four and one Ruggers. They only Four have one, one, one loss.
0: I know, actually I'm kind of I'm kinda of low key scared for this game. But uh We'll see how it goes. Um, like you're saying, the Randy should be a really fun week of football. Some good, some good ranked matchups coming up here. So, uh, without further ado, um, thank you all again for the great questions this week. Seriously, guys, we love them. Keep them coming. And uh, until next time, roll time.
1: on Wisconsin.